Hi, welcome. This is the first edition of the Noisy Golfer, uh, the podcast brought to you by Noisy Golf. Um, Jade and I um, set up the company in October last year, uh, really wanting to speak to experts across the world to find out everything that we can about junior golf and to really amplify that message. And we are absolutely delighted to have Laura Landon Holmes with us from the United States. How you doing, Laura? Are you okay? Hi, hi guys. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Very good. Um, it, it's obviously come at a good time for us to be speaking with you because it sounds like that you're quite busy with uh, with what's going on. Um, but for those of you who, are, who aren't aware of you on social media, if you could just give us a, an introduction about yourself, uh, where you are, what you're doing, and then we can kick on the conversation from there. Yeah, sure. So uh, my name is Laura, as you said. Um, I am a golf coach. I am a US Kids uh, Golf Tour Director. And I am a mommy caddy as well. Um, so I started playing golf myself when I was about five, six years of age. I played uh, junior golf for all levels, played for my club, uh, played for my province, uh, played junior golf for Ireland. And then I went on to play college golf here in the States. Um, after graduating from Old Dominion in North Virginia, I got my first assistant golf professional job in Virginia Beach in the area. Um, and at that point, I was kind of dabbling in everything golf related. And that's kind of when I realized that my love in the golf business really kind of steered towards coaching um, and I still really had some interest in tournament operations as well so um, what I ended up doing was I joined my sister um, at Michelle Home School of Golf I joined her golf academy I became a U.S. Kids Certified Coach started coaching with her full-time um, I then became a U.S. Kids Tour Director so I run a local tour in Virginia, and then I get to travel some as well and do um, U.S. Kids State events, regional events, and actually where I am right now, I'm actually at the Longleaf uh, U.S. Kids Golf Academy down at Pinehurst at the moment. Um, I'm here as a director for the girls' 13-year-old um, Team World Championship this week. So, uh, yes, with what I do, I have gotten to travel a lot, and um, I'm very fortunate. Fantastic. So how is it going there so far? How's the weather been? How's the competition been? How, how would you summarize it so far? So, so far, it's fantastic. Today's the first practice round. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, today's been a lot of boring stuff, printing scorecards, uh, printing local rule sheets, you know, kind of setting up the course and all that. The weather is fantastic. Um, it's going to continue to be fantastic throughout the week, it looks like. There is a lot of great golfers here. Um, so for the Team World Championships, we've got golfers from all over the world ranging between the age of 13 and 18 right now. So here at my golf course that I'm directing at, it's only the girls' 13-year-old division. Um, I rode the course probably three or four times today, and just to see the level of golf out there is, it's unbelievable to see it. Fantastic. You good? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good. I thought you, I thought you were going to say no, something. No, it's good. fine. I actually want to touch back if you don't mind. You've obviously come through, um, come through the ranks with golf, you know, from very, very young, all the way through. How did you transition from being in Ireland to USA? How did that happen? Oh my goodness. So, um, well, growing up playing junior golf, Michelle, my, my older sister, she was kind of one of the first girls playing junior golf in Ireland that ever actually came out to the States on a golf scholarship. I think there was only a couple of girls that actually did it before her. Um, she's a little bit, you know, about five years older than I am. So when she came out to play college golf in the States, I was 13 years old and I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to follow her. I want to go over there. I want that opportunity to go play college golf in America. So for me, from the age of kind of 12, 13, up until when I graduated secondary school at home, 
that was just always what was going to happen. I was going to put myself out there. I was going to try and play college golf in the state. And um, so by the time, you know, I was 18 and it was time to get on that plane and fly 3000 miles across the ocean, I was ready to go, you know, I, w- I was ready for it. And, and plus I was going, you know, she had, Michelle had already moved to uh, North Virginia at that time, which is where it's a city that Old Dominion University is in where I was going to school. So I actually moved in with her right when I came. So in all fairness, it wasn't that big. I did leave mommy and daddy, but I ended up <laughs> living with my big sister. But I was ready to go. I mean, the transition itself, you're 18 years old, you're leaving home, you're going across to the ocean to another country. And, you know, it was tough. You know, you missed home or whatever else. But as far as jumping in and playing college golf, being on a golf, you know, college team, you're basically handed your best friends or your teammates. You're given a community right there. You're traveling the country playing golf. You, you know, when, you, when you're not in classes, you're doing social activities with the athletes or you're at practice or you're you know you're in the gym with your teammates so you're kind of given it you're really fortunate because you're kind of given a family even though you've gone to this university by yourself so for me the transition from you know coming from Ireland over the states I found it quite easy I know it's not easy for everybody and everybody's a little bit different but I just absolutely loved it up I loved every bit of it so again just to finish finish up this little bit of the conversation what were the expectations of you to get into college golf to to go out there and you know you obviously had to meet some expectations there was criteria for how good you had to be to to do that you know how how did that go yeah so this is always an interesting one for me because um what i've learned i think since i've become a coach is that there are many ways to play college golf and when you hear that somebody's going to the United States, especially to play college golf, you think, I think it gives us this, this idea that like this person must be the best. They must shoot low scores all the time. They have like, you think that they're setting the bar way, way, way up here. But in reality, since I've come to the state, I realized you can play division one, division two, II, division three. And within all those divisions, you've got 150 different schools that are ranked at all sorts of different levels. So as far as the expectations go, you know, I'll I'll say what was expected of me. I thought, you know, kind of my family thought this was expected of me. And I did all these things and I tried to achieve all these things. And I was very fortunate that I got to go to a division one school and I got a full scholarship and whatever else. But it doesn't have to be that way. There's many, many, many ways to play college golf in America. And, um, you know, what we kind of advise people is research some schools find three schools that are you know setting the bar really 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 high that you might really have to push yourself you might really have to struggle for and find three schools that you you could walk in the door right now and play college golf immediately even as a 16 year old you would be competing at the team and then find three kind of middle of the road schools that are kind of like you know i'd have to push myself a little bit to get there but i'm not going to be breaking the bank at the same time Um, and research those schools and then find out what else they have to offer outside of golf. where do they travel to for their tournaments what other schools are they kind of competing against and I think a lot more people can play college golf in America than we realize. I think mm-hmm. the opportunities are there for more people, but people are afraid to take that jump and that step because they think that you just have to be the best of the best. You don't have to be winning the English championship or the Irish close championship. You don't have to be winning those. You don't even have to finish top five to, 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 to potentially get a place in a uh, college in the States. Um, you know, you'll have certain expectations, but it just depends kind of where you want to go or what you want to do. So, you know, I know I'm making a short story long there, <laughs> but for me, um, you know, 
we we kind of we kind of set the bar on things that I had to you know I was going to a division one school and they weren't a highly ranked school at the time when I started I chose a school that I would go to and not have to fight for my position on the team every week I went somewhere that I was guaranteed to make the team I knew I was going to be a number one or number two player because I said you know what if I'm going all the way to America to play college golf I don't want to be fighting for a spot every week just to travel I wanted to go somewhere I knew I could play and the, and the program did get better and better over the years and they're now ranked top 50 in the nation um but there's just, there's many ways to do it. So I, so I don't like to give an answer as to what you have to do. I think, you know, do some research and see what has to be done to get into different places. Talk to the coaches early. You'd be very, very, very surprised at, at what you can achieve, um, even at a lower level of golf, okay. as far as coming to play uh, college golf in the States. Yeah, I think that's something that I'd like us to explore maybe a little bit further. Um, obviously not today, further down the line, and we can look at, what what options are there and how you know kids from the UK what their pathway is and we can kind of yeah. put some bits together for parents regarding that as well yeah, no. get the information from the coaches here and what they know and I think that'd be something that we could then touch uh, on further yeah no I think I think so we did a great Q&A on Instagram live with uh, with, with uh, Maggie Whitehead who's uh, oh yeah yeah she's absolutely fantastic and we, we talked yeah. about the you know her journey and the you know the possibility of college golf and and I think, like you say, it's arguably more accessible than what the, the perception is. And just the things yeah. that you've said there about, you know, you, you don't have to be a big hitter winning tournaments at this stage. There's actually more routes than than um, than you'd like to think. And and, and again, just in just speaking, uh, you know, speaking with you about that, I feel like I've learned something already. But it's a conversation we can really delve into a lot more deeper, you know, as we speak with yourself and, and other experts on that subject as well. Yeah, I, and it looks a lot more like, you know, my understanding of the recruiting process and all that, I mean, I'm just scraping the surface. Sure, you know, sure. what, 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 from a coach's perspective, the bits that I have learned are to be able to turn around to these families who are putting in a lot of pressure on themselves. And I'm able to say, hey, listen, let's relax here a second. Let's really look at what needs to be done. Let's look at what your kid's end goal is. I mean, if you've got a, if you've got a junior golfer, you know, a girl who's 15 years old and she wants to play college golf, but she also wants to be getting a law degree at the end of the day. We do really have to think of where we're getting a scholarship or or where we're going to play college golf because if you're going to play at a high-performance school, you're not going to have time to study for your law degree. So, you know, know, there's so many ways that you can do it and and you can encompass everything. You you can let your kid be the academic person that they want to be, the social person that they want to be, if they want to join a sorority, if they want to join a fraternity. Like, you can do it all. You don't have to sacrifice everything just to play college golf and i think um and, and it, it depends what your goals are i mean if your goal is to play on the lpga tour the pga tour at the end of the day yeah maybe you are sacrificing some stuff but that's why we have to speak to the families and, and talk about what what's your journey about like where are you trying to get to at the end of the day because there's many ways to do this absolutely i think there's just it sounds like there's just so many different uh, different things that we can talk about on yeah. that so yeah i think i think we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll certainly schedule that for another time and, it, and obviously it's great that we're in contact with you already and you know, in order to, to share that that little piece of insight. What, one of the things that we wanted to focus this uh, initial podcast around was the, the relationships between not necessarily just parents, but, but adults and, and, and junior golfers in the, the sort of the caddy player relationship. I think what you just said then from a parent point of view, when they're looking at colleges and things like that as well, you know, the parents are under that pressure. And I think sometimes the parents absorb that pressure of being a caddy for their own child you know they'll look at this junior and they're like oh they've got to be doing this and they've got to be doing this and 
they're putting the pressure that they're then feeling onto that child. And, you know, what we touched on um, briefly last week was the role of the caddy, you know, the role of the parent as a caddy. And you had some great insight and some great thoughts on that. And I would just like you to develop that a little bit further with us, you know, tell us what you've seen, tell us the good, the bad, and, you know, the absolutely awesome as well. You know, you've already mentioned your own daughter's caddy, um, Dan, and, you know, how he is with her and things like that. So, you know, tell us, tell us about the role of the, the parent as a caddy. Well, well, to be honest with you, I think the parent is the most important role of anybody out there because, you know, even if the parent isn't caddying, um, the parent is the person driving the kid to the golf course. The parent is the person that they're driving home from the golf course with. The parent is the person that the kid is looking to when they're on the golf course. You know, if, if even if it isn't the parent that's caddying, you could have a coach caddying, you could have, you know, a relation caddy. And at the end of the day, the kid is looking to their parent for approval. <clears throat> and as the parent is even standing on the sidelines. So I really think the parent's role is, is bigger than anybody else when they're out there. I mean, we have to be our child's biggest teammate, even if we're not out there walking the fairways with them. And the thing is, you know, you can often look at it. If, if you were out playing in, in a best ball tournament, if you're playing in, in, in something with, with a friend of yours and, and your partner gets up there and hits a bad shot, you don't start reaming them right away and start, how could you miss that? Or how could you miss that? But we don't, we don't do that, do we? Why then why would we do it to our children? Yeah. So, you know, when we're out there, we really have to be extremely careful about how we speak to them. We have to be very careful about how we react to them. And I'll often say, even sometimes not reacting at all is enough of a reaction for the kids. Uh, our children know us better than anybody else. I mean, our children are literally miniature versions of us. They copy us. They, they see For everything we do. And, you know, and, and so even when you don't react, and I've had that conversation with parents where they'll say, well, I didn't do anything. I didn't say anything that time. And I'm like, you didn't have to say anything because I was 70 yards away and I could see her face. So, you know, and, and if the little girl is standing right next to them looking up into daddy's face for approval after missing a, a one foot putt for birdie on the second hole, then the child felt that as well. Yeah. Um, you, you know, and, and so as far as the most important role, uh, you know, a parent plays, it's just being that teammate. It's being yeah. the person that's there for the kid when things are good and when things are not so good. And um, it's teaching the kid that there are up and down days. It's teaching the kid that, you know, honestly, and I always say this about Katie, sometimes I think it's a bit of her innocence. Uh, you know, Katie's only six years old. She's playing the World Championships next week. She's very fortunate to be surrounded by a lot of really good people in the golf world. And I don't just mean, you know, her auntie Michelle, her uncle Dan, and Scott, one of her other coaches at Michelle Home School of Golf, they work with her. She's very fortunate for that. And, you know, my husband does a great job even, you know, keeping his mouth shut when he's out there. He's learned, God knows, he knows not to say anything when he's out there as well. He's learned from us. And, but even the community of players in our area and the other kids that are playing um, you know, the U.S. Kids Local Tour with us, because we are always talking about this, and we're always encouraging the parents, and we're always trying to create these good situations. Um, I think Katie's been very fortunate that she's kind of grown up almost on the golf course in this little bubble of, this is just fun, and this is great, and we're competing, and we're playing in state championships and regional events, and now she's going to play the World Championships next week, and it's still just purely fun and entertainment. Yeah. Um, and, and she's very fortunate for that. And I think part of it is, it's an innocence you know, in a way, yeah. like Katie's coming to the World Championships next week. And to be honest with you, I don't think she, other than the fact that she's obsessed with Pinehurst and she knows the World Championships is happening in Pinehurst, she doesn't get it. She doesn't understand that yeah, there's yeah. only only 
hundred girls, seven and under girls in the world that are going to be here next week, and she happens to be one of them. You know, she doesn't get that. We don't, we don't really tell her that. We don't talk about that. She just knows she's going to play the US, another US kids event, and it happens to be the World Championships, and it happens to be in her favorite place in the world, which is the Pinehurst. So, um, you know, it's just, it's just the beauty and the innocence, and it's our job as the parents to keep that innocence with them as long as possible. The minute we take that away from them. Things change. You can see it. You can see it in their face. You can see it in their demeanor. Things change at that point. And the way they play the game then changes. Fear starts to come into play. Um, doubt starts to come into play. All sorts of negative things start to come into play for the child. And, you know, think about yourself even as an adult. Anything you do, whether it's playing golf, whether it's in your job, when you have fear, when you have doubt in what you're doing, even in everyday life, whether it's a, a significant purchase you're making for your family, you know how anxious you get? You know the anxiety you feel? Imagine doing that to a child. So again, we have to step up and be that person that's there to protect their innocence. That, you know, creating the drive in a positive way, creating the, the want to, to win and learn and play, and, but doing it in the right way, doing it in a positive way. Yeah, I think that one of the, there's just a couple of things that I wanted to sort of tag on to what you've just mentioned yeah. there, because first and foremost, I just wanted to give a shout out to, to Evie Carter that runs the US Kids Tour oh, yeah, yeah. In, in, the U, in the UK. They, these were Isaac's first competitions um, that we entered this year, um, and he's got a couple more lined up. Um, and I'll be honest, it was my, I, I introduced him to golf. I've spent, you know, much of my time with him and I don't coach him, I, I, you know, in, this, in essence, my, the way I see my role at the moment is just to sustain the enjoyment that he gets when he hits a great shot. And he's doing that more often than not as we, as we, as we develop, which is great, a great feeling as a dad. But my, my I mean, and I followed golf for years as well, but I felt um, a very different appreciation of the role of a caddy when I first went into those tournaments. <laughs> and, and I think back to, uh, the second tournament in particular we played, I think it was Nottingham Country Club, and um, just he played a fantastic drive, as did the other two boys. And then there was a little ravine just before the first green. And even though he played two great approach shots to get to there, he hit the ball in the water, he dropped, he hit the ball in the water, he hit the ball in the water. And it, I could see it sat from him. And I think that for me, that was the first real challenge that I had just to try and get his head back together. Because the next hole was equally yeah. equally we went through the same thing it was about i think it was about a 90 yard par three he had to hit over water and by that point he, he was i think he was more worried about losing balls than anything else i think that was probably yeah, his, yeah, his, yeah, yeah. his major worry was oh my god i've lost another ball dad how many have you got in the bag <laughs> i was getting worried at that point but i was trying to keep a bit of a you know keep i was like a duck the person you know a duck personified i was all flustering underneath but at the, <laughs> it was it was crazy but what, what I wanted to find out was is that um, there's, there's two angles, really, because there are some events in the UK where even children as young as seven, eight years old, they're not allowed a caddy, uh, whereas the US Kids Tour events, obviously, they, they are allowed a caddy. And we just wanted to get your view, really, on at that age, what, where do you feel the balance should be between promoting self-sufficiency for a child and also being the sort of the, you know, the supporting arm of a child, you know, actually on the course as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I obviously follow along with a lot of what, you know, US Kids Golf do, and I'm a massive supporter of what US Kids Golf do. I think the role of caddy is, is very, very, very important. And I think it is important for a child, especially as young as seven, in my opinion. Yeah. Even eight. I mean, nine and off, that's where kind of US Kids go, okay, you, you can be out there now at this point without a caddy. Um, 
I think it is important in those younger divisions to have a caddy. But I will also say, if the caddy is doing their job right, if the caddy is doing and okay. saying the right thing, yeah. because yeah. your child is as well to be out there by themselves at the age of seven and, and figuring it out by themselves, even if there's a lot of mistakes made along the way, they're as well to be out there by themselves and have a caddy out there with them that's not able to help and guide and control the emotions out there. Um, so, you know, I guess I've got, I've got a mixed, you know, answer on that. I do, I do think that at that age, you know, six, five, six, seven, eight, I do think that caddies should be out there, but I think the caddies need to be very, very careful about being out there. You know, um, we, we don't expect the caddies, especially the, the non-golfers, we don't expect you to be a tour caddy. You know, you're not trained to do this. And that's what makes it that little bit harder. But at the end of the day, we just want you to go out there and push the bag or carry the bag or whatever it is and just smile and keep them happy and encourage and let them make decisions and let them fail and let them succeed and let them have all these experiences out there. Just kind of let it happen. And your only goal is to just kind of stand by them as they do it. And as long as you're doing that, I say, absolutely, <coughs> yes, absolutely, 100%, we should have caddies out there at that age. Yeah. If we're not doing that, I worry that we are actually hurting the child more in the long run because we're yeah. teaching them. I mean, think about what you teach a child at that age. That stays with them for life. Like the, the kids at that age, they hang on to every word their parents say. I mean, by the time they're 10, 11, 12, 13, they kind of have a bit of an attitude and they, they only listen to half of what a parent says anyway. But at those little, little kids, I mean, they're hanging on every word their parents say. They really yeah. want and believe in your trust and your love. So if you're not able to provide the right environment for them out there, you probably should just step back and let them do it by themselves or get somebody else to do it, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's a friend or, or a relation or whatever, whoever else it might be. And, and own up to that. Be able to say, listen, I just can't do it out there. I'm, you know, for whatever reason, my mentality doesn't work with being a caddy. So, yeah. and if we own up to that as the caddy, again, we're a parent, that's an important job for us to do is admit this stuff. Um, and then ask somebody else to do it. You know, it can even be a non-golfer because at the end of the day, what's their job? Their job is to show up, push the bag, smile, and encourage. That's it. You don't need a golfer to do that. You can have anyone, you can have your neighbor do it. So, um, you know, to to answer your question there, I think it is really important for a kid to have a caddy at that age if the caddy is able to do the right thing. Just to sort of answer the second part of that question then, because it's quite interesting uh, where Mm -hmm. we're at with the conversation now is, what do you... I suppose it's two parts. This question is: Do you feel there's enough out there, enough information out there to educate parents on how to be the best caddy? And whatever your answer is, what can be done to continue sure. to to provide? You know, we're trying to help steer that conversation. You know, we're speaking with people like yourself because you know we we do feel like there's again as parents we're learning, we're going through that journey ourselves. And Leo is twenty months. I'm sure we'll go go through that with him as, as right. he's as he's loving his golf at the yeah. moment but yeah what, what what information do you feel um could be out there to really support parents in that respect especially when they've not when they've got no or limited experience in golf themselves as well sure 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 well one of the things that us kids uses is the positive coaching alliance uh, um the positive coaching alliance have you seen that by any chance we, we haven't no Okay, so if you go onto the US Kids website, you will see that. And it's something that actually all of us as core directors and um, US Kids certified coaches, you all have to do it. And it's called the Positive Coaching Alliance. And it's not just geared for coaches, though, it is geared for the parent caddy as well. 
um, and that is accessible to you on the US Kids website. I think there, there is a charge to, to do the program, but it's well, well, well worth looking into. Um, US Kids are quite strict on how their caddies, the code of conduct and how they are on the golf course. Um, so if we have situations where caddies have gotten warnings or caddies have maybe been taken off the bag for inappropriate behavior, they, they cannot get back on until they've gone through the Positive Coaching Alliance seminars. Wow. And so, so, so that's one of the things. And again, that's one of the reasons that we love US Kids Golf and what they do is because that's they're there for the kid really at the end. really positive though. Oh, yeah. At least it's, there's somebody out there that's looking out for that kid. You we're know, looking out for the kid. going on behind the scenes, but on that day, somebody's actually yeah. seeing what's happening and 100%. take action. So yeah, that's a really positive. 100%. It's actually in the local... Um, that the, the, uh, the U.S. Kids Golf hard card, which is basically, it's all the rules and regulations and everything to do with U.S. Kids Golf tournaments. And, and it's in there, the code of conduct policy and what happens to a parent caddy if, or, or any caddy, um, should the code of conduct be breached. And it kind of gives you a guide on what they expect as far as code of conduct. So, um, but the Positive Coaching Alliance, it's, it's a really good start. I would suggest any parent caddy to do it. Um, as far as, you know, I, I, I have to mention uh, my sister, Michelle. If, if you follow Michelle's social media, um, her Instagram page, Michelle Home School of Golf, I mean, you would get so much information on how to positively be a good uh, parent and a good parent caddy. And um, she's always posting stuff about that. And to be honest with you, a lot of the stuff that I have learned has come from her. Um, you know, for myself being a coach as well at Michelle Home School of Golf, I preached this stuff for so long. And then when my own child started playing golf and started competing in tournaments, I went, oh, this is real. Like, this is not just preaching to somebody else on how to do their job as a parent. I'm now out there and I have to practice what I preach and I have to show that this is the right way to do it. And um, But most of what I learned, honestly, came from her and what she shares and her thoughts. And, um, you know, some other things that I think then that we can do as a community, um, I think that golf professionals, golf coaches, especially junior coaches, I do think that um, there could be more out there. You know, it's just as important to, as coaching a child to play golf as coaching the parent on how to be 100%. A, a good parent caddy. And yeah, yeah. whether that's setting up caddy seminars, caddy talks, caddy lessons. We've often had families from our um, from Michelle Home School of Golf that we've walked two, three, four holes with the parent caddy and we're helping them and teaching them about the things to say, the things to do, how to react. And sometimes the kid is out there. Sometimes the kid's not even out there at all. Um, and I think it's really important for golf schools. You know, if, if you want to be a really good junior golf coach and a really good junior golf school, you have to incorporate that relationship with the parents as well. It's just yeah. as important as the kid being able to play golf. Because again, at the end of the day, I'll go back to it. If the kid doesn't have a love of the game, if the kid isn't, if the kid isn't enjoying what they're doing out there, because of a parent that's behind the scenes, yeah. then they're going to quit anyway. So if you've got this, if you're if you're a junior golf academy, you've got all these good kids out there, but you've got a thousand parents behind the scenes that aren't playing their part to do what they're supposed to be doing, then those kids aren't going to go anywhere at the end of the day anyway. They're just going to end up falling out because they're not enjoying what they're doing. So if you can also take the parents and guide and teach them, then you're keeping those kids in the game for life. And you're getting more kids because now the parent doesn't have to be a good parent caddy out there or just a parent spectator out there. They're bringing the next generation of golf And the, the, the possibilities are endless then at that point. You know? So I think as, as a whole, the junior golf community, I think we could steer more to the parent caddy and, and, and just having more information accessible to the parents um, on how to be a good teammate for their kids. But I think that comes with you know, classes, clinics, not being a step out of your comfort zone. I know it's just, it's, you know, 
the first time you do a parent caddy class might seem strange that you've got five dads standing in front of you that all maybe have attitudes when they're out in the golf course with their seven-year-old and you're the one that stands there trying to tell them to calm down a little bit let's just have fun let's you know but but you've got to step out of your comfort zone and do it because you're doing it for the kids at the end of the day not for the parents yeah. you're doing it for the kids you know I think just coming back to what you were saying about Michelle and kind of what you've learned from Michelle um you actually shared a quote with us last week and it was it's easy to be a good caddy on the good days it's even more important to be a good caddy on the bad days and that that's just really lovely and I think that that kind of sums up you know what Michelle puts out there you know the, the values of the Michelle Home School of Golf and things and um yeah it was just a really lovely quote that you shared yeah, it is it's really important and like we see that all the time like you know, I spent all those years coaching and then I became a U.S. Kids Tour director. So I was looking at it from a coach's point of view. Then I was looking at it from the director's point of view. Um, and then I got really close in it when Katie started playing. And I was actually, you know, as a director, you're driving the golf course. So you're, you're hopping from hole to hole. You're seeing lots of different things. So you can miss a lot of stuff at that at that point. Um, but being out there with my, my own daughter out there as a spectator and watching how the parents and the caddies um, interact with the kids for straight nine holes, you see a lot and you learn a lot. Um, and it is like when your kid's having a good day, it is easy to be laughing and smiling and jumping up and down and have high fives and everything else but going so good. That's when you kind of really have to step up to the plate. And a lot of that depends on, you know, the junior you're, you're, you're working with or you're, you're talking about, like, are they, do they understand? Do they understand that they're having a bad day? Um, what is their kind of drive like? What is the expectations of the child? Like that plays a big, big part in it. One of the things I always laugh about with Katie is Katie is so innocent on the golf course. It's almost comical. I truly do not think that Katie, Katie doesn't think that there's such thing as a bad shot in golf. Katie hits a golf ball and she goes against it. She hits it again. She has never, I don't think she's ever reacted. Leo, to it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and I think it's so important to protect that innocence. And it's, yeah. you know, she genuinely hasn't any idea and some days I'm like geez I wish there's a bit more drive there that she would actually you know be able to comprehend this but at the end of the day when she misses a putt or when she tops a drive off the tee a couple of feet I mean she missed the ball one day at, at the, fir the, the first tee shot I mean she hasn't missed a golf ball in I don't know how long but it was a tee shot at a US kids event on the first hole and they announced her on the tee and she swung and she missed it and she looked at Dan and she goes what do I do now like she hasn't <laughs> You know, and dad was like, well, you better swing again. And I, I'm pretty sure he asked, she asked him if it counted as a shot. He's like, no, and, you know, went along. But it did count as a shot. And he, you know, obviously added that to the scorecard or whatever else. But, you know, she doesn't need to know that now. Um, but, you know, I think there's a beauty in that, uh, that innocence. Yes. And, you know, when we go back again to that quote, and it's, it's even more important to be that really good caddy or parent or spectator on the bad days. Because that's the day they need you. That's when they need, they're already bad, yeah, yeah. you know, especially if they get a good, but do they understand? If they understand that they're having a bad day, they need you then. They need yeah. mommy to come up and give them a hug. They need the dad to give them a high five. Like they need this stuff. And if you're not providing that, you're only hurting them further. So, yeah. and it's sometimes like, I kind of, you know, when I talk about this out loud, even when I, you know, those comments that we were going back and forth on on Facebook and I'm writing this out. And I think at one point I said, isn't it a ridiculous concept to think that we as parents could be mad at our children for trying their best? Like, isn't that ridiculous to say yeah. out loud? I mean, we're having this conversation here as parents. I take away me being a coach or a director, just as a parent. Why would I be mad at my child for anything? Yeah. It, that, that's they're you know they're trying their best for it's not a behavior issue it's literally just something happened something went wrong it is what it is let's get off yeah. of it 
Um, but it happens out there and we have to be so, so, so careful about that. Um, and, and we have to work towards that. And like you're saying there about the different resources, like the parent has to put themselves out. The parent has to step back and really own up to how they are as a parent. Yeah. You know, I think when a parent can step back and we've had parents on our local tour, I've had friends of mine that have gone, listen, I know I can get a little bit touchy out there. Or I'm, I'm really trying to do better, a better job of not reacting in a certain way. And I'm like, that's fantastic. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you that you shouldn't be on your kid's bag while you're learning, you know, going through this. If you can own up and say, hey, listen, I know I don't do a great job of this. What can I do? And um, you're already halfway there at that point. You want to yeah. do what's right for your kid at that stage. And yeah. um, just, just keep battling through it. Keep doing it. Yeah, I think, well, as you're talking, and I think that I'm sure you've seen it, the short game documentary. Yes, yes, yes. And, and it yes. was very interesting. Obviously, you've got parents and, and children from all, all, literally all over the world. And I think it was very interesting to see the dynamic in the approach based from a cultural standpoint. Yeah. In terms of how they, how they naturally offered it. There was a lot of pressure put on a lot of kids, but there was others yeah. where, I think I remember where there was a, the, the French, there was a French kid who missed the foot and he was, and a bit of an awkward interaction with his mother. And yeah, I, I think I suppose what's I think what often a lot of parents and even well, even children can forget is golf is a very, very hard sport. Yeah. You yeah, know, and absolutely. I think this this the technical intricacies on every single shot that you play. I mean, you know, statistically you're gonna hit the bad one now and again. You know, it's it's a game that nobody's mastered. Right, But you know, and I think that as a parent, I think that Again, thinking about some of the advice that we've seen from some of the great Q&As that we've done with coaches since we launched Nosy Golf in October, I think that it's actually genuinely changed my perception in terms of, um, you know, what my role is. And I think the thing is, a lot of it can stem from when you see kids at a driving range and a stranger will walk by, Isaac will hit a good one, for instance, and be like, oh, he's the next Tiger Woods. But oh, what yeah. they, but, but what, what they don't realise is that there are thousands and thousands and thousands of these kids doing this yeah. all of the time, you, you know, and I think that right. I, I've taken my, my approach now in terms of how I, we've got a couple of tournaments coming up in, soon. And I, I see myself as sort of like, a, it's almost like an enjoyment officer. <laughs> you, yeah, 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 you, you yeah, know, yeah. I'm going to go there, I'm going to carry the bag and I hope he plays his best shot every single time. But if he doesn't, well, I've had a great day's, a great day's <laughs> goal. And I yeah. think that's my view on it now, because at first, when you do see that your kid's got a little bit of talent and, and that they're enjoying it at the same time, I, don't get me wrong, there's times when I thought, wow, if he can really develop and focus and stuff, but then I think he's just turned eight. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he's a kid. And I, and, 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 and I think yeah. that's when I was that age and I would have been exactly the same. I might have not even realised that, that I was doing things yeah. right or whatever. It, it, I was just doing it. I was very instinctive. So it's yeah. interesting what you say about Katie there in the respect that she just feels like she's rocking up to another golf tournament. She's yeah. She's going to hit she's some more balls. She's going to make yeah. some friends along the way and just have a great day, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And that's a great way to yeah. look at things. And it's funny yeah. because, you know, yeah, it's funny because has, uh, Katie has an uh, Instagram page, Katie Dock. Have you seen her Instagram page? Oh, we love it. Yes, we love it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. She's fab. So, yeah. And, yeah, and she has a lot of her stuff on there and watching doing and the big thing for the, the katie golf page is, is to be able to show it to katie one day really and to have documented all this stuff but when we go to these events like this a lot of people who would just have followed her page they'll be walking up to there like oh there's katie golf you know whatever she's six years old and she hasn't a clue and you know i hope to keep that innocence for a really 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 long time because yeah. it seems 
to, you know, it works for her. That's her personality, you know, um, that that innocence does work for her. And then, then there's other kids in her age division that, you know, they're not as innocent. They understand what's going out there. They know when they bogey a hole that they're over par now or whatever it might be. Um, and they know, you know, they know what scores they're shooting throughout the round. Um, and, and that's okay as well, as long as their personalities fit that and as long as the caddy can help control that as well. Uh, you know, because you, you do, you know, every child is different. Every child is completely different out there. And I'm not saying yeah. that, you know, that every child is supposed to be like Katie and have Katie's approach. That's just what works for her personality. That's how we are with her. And um, it's not for every child. You can have the kid that is more competitive and has more fire and more of a drive with, with them and uh, when it comes to it. But we still, in fact, it's probably even more important to be a better caddy at that point because yeah, your kid doesn't yeah. know what's going on. You know what I mean? Um, so Katie's making it easy for us so far, I think. <laughs> we'll see how long the innocence lasts. <laughs> and how about Jack? <laughs> oh, Jack, my little Jack. He's as cute as can be. He loves it. He loves golf. And so he's eligible to start playing US Kids Golf Tour this fall. We'll see if uh, he's going to do it. His personality is totally different to Katie. He's the complete opposite. So he knows. He gets what's going on. He uh, he would definitely be one that kind of will be you know, throwing a bit of a temper tantrum if uh, things don't really interesting. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think what has happened is it's come from him. Like, he's out at every tour. He's not going to come to Worlds next week, but he comes to every single golf tournament that Katie plays in. And he rides around the golf cart. He watches her play. And I just, and he's been doing that since he was, what, two years old? Like, he doesn't remember a time when he didn't do that. So I think he's just always been around golf and watching golf and whatever else. So, you know, he gets it, even though he's yeah. only four, you know. <laughs> Well, we're aware that you've got to get back to them as well. So <laughs> what I just want to do is I just want to recap. I'm looking over to my other screen at the moment. I just want to recap on, um, it was kind of six points, six takeaways, yeah. if you like, from our initial conversation that we had on Facebook. And um, obviously, like you said at the start, it was, you know, as a parent caddy, you are their number one teammate. And I think that kind of, that kind of starts it all off. Um, you also said that your role is to give positive encouragement on the journey to and from golf and whilst walking the fair way your role is not to react you know um the other point was that you should stand back and keep smiling no matter the result if you smile and say forget it after a miss hit um you take the putter and you know you smile and carry on walking after the missed put uh your conversation should include how proud you are how much you love your child there should be lots of smiles and thumbs up throughout the experience and ultimately you, you are positively engaging your child to be emotionally sorry to play i'll start again you're positively engaging your child to emotionally play the game on their own to be self-sufficient but just yeah. to touch on that one quickly what you said was you know seven eight they need that parent caddy kind of nine plus they are hopefully a little bit more self-sufficient you know they, they know what they're doing what would you expect at that age where their their parent caddy is backing off and they're playing on their own you know what what's their expectation ultimately that's where we want to get them to so yeah um do you mean for the child there or for the caddy parent for the child for first well for both yeah but for the child first i mean how what what's the aim there yeah so you know from nine years and up here or for us kids events they do say that they can be out there without a caddy um and i see some that's out there without a caddy and the ones i see there are out there without a caddy are the ones who who are emotionally stable out there they're the ones who can carry themselves on the golf course and they can select their own clubs they can step off their own yardages they can hit good shots and bad shots and accept both and um, the ones i see that that are out there without the caddies 
or sorry, with their caddies, it doesn't mean that they're emotionally unstable or anything. Um, what I would say is maybe they just aren't quite yet ready to have the parent off the bag for yardage reasons, for club selection reasons, yeah. for strength reasons, um, for physical reasons. And um, so, you know, the expectation, it can't only, while, it, while it's a major part of it, the emotional side of it and, and being able to mentally be out there by yourself, it's not the only factor either. You know, if your kid can't physically play nine holes pushing their own push cart, you need to be out there pushing the push cart. But that's all you're out there for. If that's literally yeah. the only bit he needs help with, you push the bag and you be quiet. That's it. Yeah. If, you're, if your kid's out there, and if you're out there with your kid and the reason you're out there is for yardage reasons, step off yardages because they maybe struggle with that. Maybe they struggle with club selection, but they have no problem pushing their own bag and there's no problem with their mental game. Then let them push their bag. You walk the fairway beside them. Let them, you know, do everything mental game wise. Let them take care of that themselves. And then you can help guide them through the club selection process, the yardage process or the green reading process, whatever it might be. So, you know, don't let yourself be a crutch for your kid always. You're all, you know, as they check off things that they're capable of doing with it by themselves, then let them do that when they're out there. Like I often see here the caddies, um, they let the kids read the greens themselves. Like they're learning that from a very, very young age now. So when the, when the caddy gets to the green, they don't even step up there anymore. They might go in and take the flag out and walk off to the side, but you'll see the dad standing or the parents standing off to the side, the caddies, and the kids are all up there reading the greens and putting themselves. Whereas that kid may need the dad or, or mom to be there just to push the bag because physically they can't get on top of So what I'm saying there is, you know, figure out what your kid needs from a caddy. Do not be a crutch for them. You're always trying to help them learn and grow. And when they get to that stage, you know, you're trying to check off some boxes and go, okay, Johnny, you're well able to do this yourself, so you're going to make all your club selections today. Even if you hear them make the wrong choice, let them choose it, let them make the mistake, and then have a teachable moment afterwards. And um, Because that's the stuff that they'll remember. Like, they take ownership of that. And they'll remember a lot more, and they'll learn a lot more if we kind of let them do that as well. And then gradually transition yourself off of the bag completely. And yeah, by the time exactly. they're 12, 13, I mean, to be honest with you, you know, we're, we're down here at Worlds. It's hot. It's the middle of the summer. These are hilly golf courses. A lot of these, you know, the kids, they're teenagers. A lot of them do have their caddies out there, but it's simply someone to push the back. Yeah, carry yeah. The back. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. These kids at this stage are, they're making 95% of all selections themselves. They're, yeah. you know, talking to themselves after, after a, a miss hit or a good shot. Mm. They're taking care of that themselves. And we should be starting that process from the age of nine, I think. Okay. Um, and kind of, you know, getting your kids used to all the little bits along the way and doing it themselves. Yeah. Whether, you know, and, and even at a young age, I find too, like with that, that uh, seven, eight, nine-year-old is things like simple stuff, teeing up the golf ball themselves, like make sure that they can do that by the time, you know, I'll st still see sometimes a 10-year-old out there and, and the caddy's still teeing up the golf ball at that stage. That, that was totally fine at five, six, seven, even eight, if there's a stability issue, if there's, you know, if the kid just can't do it. But by the time we get that kid to 10 years of age, he's got to be able to tee up a golf ball by himself. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of like things and jobs that we have to do as a parent and caddy, and we have to just make sure, you know, as part of our job, that the kid is able to do all these things themselves. Lost you for a second there, Laura. One second. You're not out there. Oh, Laura, sorry about that. We lost you oh, in the, about the sorry. last 10, 10, 15 seconds. It sounds like you were wrapping up a really nice point as well. <laughs> sorry. Could, oh. Sorry sorry to burden you. Could you, you just mean, give us that mean, last point? Yeah. on another rant, is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, it was, it was about, it was just after when you were talking about the kid being able to tee the ball up and we sort of lost the signal a bit. 
Yeah, no, I think what I was just saying there was, you know, there's so many things that we have to teach them as a parent, caddy and a coach. And we cannot take the small things for granted. So we need to, even if it's something as simple as marking a golf ball, teeing up the golf ball, repairing the divot, raking a bunker, like we've got to teach them all those things. And as you're going along and you realize now your kid's age and you know what, he can, he can, uh, he can mark the golf ball himself and tee it himself and he can repair his divots himself. Let him do those three things every single time by himself. And then you're continue to transition all the way through until they're capable of spin out there themselves all the time. Because if us as the caddy, if we constantly always do those things for them, by the time they're 13, 14, and they're not allowed to have a caddy anymore, and they're going into play with a high school golfer, secondary school golfer, whatever it might be, interprovincial golf, and now we're not out there anymore, how can they carry themselves in the golf course? They're going to be so worried about how they tee up their golf ball and mark the golf ball. They're not going to be able to play the game. Yeah. I think um, it's interesting, obviously, what you said. And what we found is Isaac's obviously just turned eight, and kind of off the golf course I'm still of the mindset oh I'll just do it for him because it's easier this is at home you know it could be yeah, yeah. while we're out and about it's just easy I'll just help him I'll just do it for him and Paul keeps saying to me no he's eight now he's got to learn to do it himself he can do it himself so I don't think it just applies to the golf course you know sometimes as a parent yeah. you do yeah. kind of jump in and do just because yeah. it's easier it's quicker you know that it'll be done right um, yeah. but yeah, yeah it's important that you know with all things being a parent being a parent caddy you do kind of back yeah. off you see what they can do and you allow them yeah. to kind of move forward and and experience yeah. those things themselves as well so yeah, yeah it's, I it's the same that I'm always saying no they need to learn it themselves whatever it might be and my husband's a little bit more take he, he says the same thing well it's easier if we just do it but it is it's very like being a parent caddy or you know just even a parent spectator or a parent teammate it's just like life. I mean, whether your kid's doing their homework or whatever else, I, I know it's it's easy to get frustrated. And, you know, I'm by no means a perfect parent. I've gotten frustrated many, many, many times myself. But it's, it's about managing that frustration and understand when you've made the mistake and tell them you've made the mistake and own up to that. Say, hey, listen, buddy, I got, I got really annoyed there earlier on. I'm, I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. Um, and it goes for every part of life, like yeah. whether it's them learning to do something new, whether it's school homework, whether it's the, the chores they were supposed to be doing around the house, whether it's on the golf course. I mean, they're not doing, you know, within reason, they're not doing anything intentionally to to do things incorrectly or wrong within reason, I'll say. <laughs> well, <laughs> we can have a bit of that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like life lessons. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can think back to Sunday where I um uh, I took Isaac to, and uh, met uh, some new friends that we've, we've got to know through Instagram. We played a nine hole there where Isaac will be playing in the, the Tommy Fleetwood tour in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I completely missed clubs and he went straight over the green into the water and he and he and, he, and, he's, and it was on me, totally on me. He's, uh, he's, he's turned around and to say, What happened there, dad? And I put my hands up and said, that, you know, but but at least we've done it before the, uh, before the competition. I know exactly what clubs to give him next time. Yeah, you do, you do. You won't do that again. You won't do that again. And, and, and we, we did have a bit of a laugh and a joke of it, but it, but I think that generally, especially with the way the holes are laid out, it's either a three-wood or a driver. But this one was a particularly tricky one. It was short. It was, I didn't know whether it was short or it was long. I've given him a seven iron and he's just blown it right over. <laughs> Um, I'm sure you saw it fail and you were going oh no oh, as soon as he hit it you just knew it was a the fact that he turned round to you though no, he, it was he, kind he, of like no, it's definitely on you uh, but, but, yeah. but I think the thing is what was interesting is that he was able to laugh that off and I think that's again I feel like I'm still developing that relationship with him on the course as a cab because it is yeah. you know it is a very unique environment uh, in, in that respect yeah. but I think essentially just to sort of summarise what a lot of 
I mean, a lot of amazing points that you've made is that it's it's essentially finding that balance between the supporting arm, but also trying to gear them towards independent playing and self-sufficiency. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, golf is a lonely sport. You're out there by yourself. And, yeah. and you know, you only have a caddy, you know, for a very there's two times in your life you have the caddy you have a caddy as a junior golfer when you're first learning the game and then you yeah. have a caddy when you're an absolute expert yourself <coughs> so what happens in between like you're either a professional tour player making millions yeah and now and now you give me a caddy now you give me somebody to help me uh, yeah. or when i first started playing the game so especially if we're on that end where you're first starting playing the game like think of how important your role is to guide them yeah. to whether playing that provincial golf high school golf college golf like they're on their own all the way through that yeah uh, and if they have to be able to do it and that's part of your your, your role as a coach or your role as a parent is to help guide them through that so yeah. being you know being the right parent caddy and um, it's extremely extremely important i mean it, it's you know being that support system for them it is the most important role in your child's golfing journey as the yeah. parent you are the one that's going to decide where this goes or where it doesn't go i think i think you know like what, what's interesting and i think we've learned this quite a lot is that it's almost that there's an assumption that there's one role in golf and that you're either a player or you're not or, or maybe yeah. part of the coach but yeah. i think that as as we've come to learn is that there's so many opportunities that golf as an industry presents for yeah. children and i think the ability to get them interested in in something like that so early whichever yeah. path they decide to take i mean look yeah, it comes down to numbers and talent. Essentially, not every you know the the, the in fact, like with any sport, to get to the top level, the percentage of the chance of them making it oh. to the you know to the top level and, and earning you know earning the, the millions is is extremely extremely slim. But at least it can open doors to, like you say, to a college education, to university yeah. education. But fundamentally, being able to, um, I think it, it grows confidence, doesn't it? You're, you're interacting with other people, you're making new friends. It's a very unique set in a golf course anyway. It's a community, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's all of those different roles yeah. within that golf community as well that they can kind of, they can move into. And yeah, yeah. it's kind of, like you said, you know, those, those kind of like friends for life, that community that, that yeah. you've got already built around you. For sure. And even, you know, you think long-term jobs or even the fact that you can literally go anywhere in the world at any age in your life and find a golf course and play. Yeah, and not many sports that you can say that about. And you know, that's one of the things with our mission, Michelle Home School of Golf, is to create experiences that encourage kids to play the game forever. And you know, we don't care what you want to play golf for or what your level of golf is going to be or what your journey, what you want your journey to be along the way. We're there to help grow the experience so that you just want to do it forever, whether it's you want exactly. to be a player or you want to be a, you know, a, a college player or you just want to be active um you want to play it because you're thinking down the road it's, it's a really smart thing to do for business like it doesn't matter you might be doing it for exercise you might be doing it for extracurricular activity as your side sport because you're a highly competitive soccer player yeah. and your parents are putting you out there to play golf and, and you know again the coaches and the parents we all have to be on the same page as it comes to that we have to put them in the right programs we have yeah. to pair them up with the right people and coaches to achieve that experience at the end of the day um, and if we do it right, you've got a player in the game for life, no matter what the what the level is, you know. Absolutely, I think um, unless there's anything else at this stage, I no, feel like we've covered yeah, so much already. I, yeah, no, not at all. I, I could go on forever about this. Um, <laughs> you know what, though, it's it, it's given us that information. It you know, as parents and obviously the people that 
are following Noisy Golf as well. It's putting that information out there to say, you know, this is where you can find this. This is how you should be. And this is, this is coming from us. This is coming from you. You're a professional here. And, you know, we think that's really important to get out there. So, no, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking to you, Laura. Thank yeah. you so well, much thank you for guys for us. doing it. I think this is so important. One of the things you said at first was, you know, just that parents just don't know. And, and a lot of parents do want to know, but there just maybe isn't information out there. So I really appreciate you guys doing this and, you know, having these conversations because sometimes it's difficult conversations to have. And it is a matter of then the parents sit back and go, huh, maybe I'm not, I'm not doing this the right way. So um, I really appreciate you guys doing this just for the golf community in general. And also we love noisy golf, Katie and Jack. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> They're fantastic. <laughs> uh, thank so, you very much. Thank you so much. I mean, yeah. we're, we're getting there. It, you know, it's been a journey, I think, you know, since we came up with the idea in June last year. But I think that, yeah. you know, from, from our perspective, it was it was really, you know, it's it, we just feel like it's important to be that voice to a community that we know is enjoying their golf so much. And, you know, if we can contribute to that by in, in, in any percentage way or form in, on any subject and, and it increases the enjoyment of just one kid, then, you know, then that's that's great from our perspective. So thank you so much as well. Oh, really appreciate it. We are fans. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think just to wrap it up, then I think what would be really good, and we'll um, uh, for those of you watching, if there are any questions that you do have after this, and there's, there's a follow-on, then feel free to, to to type them in the comments box across our multiple uh, challenge uh, channels on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. And um, but it would be really great if we can share that link. Uh, that you referred to at all in terms of developing the parent caddy relationship um we're going to put your top tips on as well so they'll be coming <laughs> we'll tag you in all of those too the, the, the top tips will come on and then um as i say this is our first feature of the noisy golfer so it is um you know very much we've got a few guests lined up but i think that, you know as a starting point it's been a really insightful conversation to our viewers i think we've certainly gained a lot from it personally um and, and we just hope that many more out there will too if you are watching on YouTube, don't forget to hit the like and subscribe button. Um, if there are any particular subjects that you do want to listen to or hear about or any people that you want us to speak to, then feel free to let us know. We're, we're open to that feedback and we'll try and make that happen. Um, other than that, uh, Laura, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, um, Thank you so much. We'll be rooting for Katie throughout the next week during the yeah, so do, 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 do let us know how she gets on. Uh, we can't wait to see her you know, see some pictures and, and how she's getting on out on the course. Yeah, there'll be um, plenty of pictures, you know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we wish you every success with the uh, with the event coming up, obviously with, with your time at Pinehurst over the over the next next couple of weeks. Well, thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Take care, Laura. Thanks a lot, Laura. Bye. 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 Bye.